Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. Me, Jimmy. And me, Bob. In this week's episode of the pod, we're going to look back over Saturday's defeat against QPR. We're going to talk about Alex Neal. We've got some quick fire questions and we're going to talk about the fan player relationship as well. So, yeah, enjoy. Yeah, good mate. Uh, played a bit of squash this morning. Took my anger out. Ooh, squash. Oh, yeah. Um, needed, just needed to vent some frustration. Um, but no, good. Fair enough. How are you, Jimmy? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I am. Um, I stayed up late last night. I ended up watching an MLS game, and it was Did... it made me feel better about English football. <clears throat> Did you watch into Miami by any chance? No, I watched Toronto against New York City. It was absolutely shocking. It's just not great to watch. I just think it's like so pretty. It's typical American sport, really. Yeah. You know, it's just dead pretty on the eye rather than it actually been, you know. Very commercial. Like, yeah, that's that's the best way to describe it. That is good it's good just way. like a bunch of fannies running around a pitch. I think is my way of describing <laughs> it. A bunch of fannies. So. Well, I think you could say that about the, the last 40, 45 minutes yesterday, couldn't you? Yeah, let's to be fair, right? Yesterday, um, first half, we are absolutely cruising. Yeah, cruise control. It was it was dominant, you know. And Barkey's had that right. Is it is it Ryan Manning? Ryan Manning. Yeah, the mm. left back. He's had him on absolute toast all all first half. And I thought this could be two or three. If it, so as long as we got the second goal, you know, yeah. early into the second half, that was it. It had been game over, and it had been a capitulation. But um, yeah, a very probably the oddest tactical switches I've seen since I've seen Aaron Brown up front for Preston against Chef Wednesday back in the dark ages of Graham Wesley. That's the that's the last time I can think of an absolute tactical disaster as bad as yesterday. Yeah, for me, there was just no need to change it at all. I mean, if you look at that first half, like you said, Jimmy, we're in cruise control. The amount of times we put those direct balls into the right channel. You know, exposing Manning and like drawing over their centre halves, and um, Barkey was having so much joy there. Gallagher finding uh, quite a few accurate balls into that channel. Fisher was uh, bombing on quite a bit, and we were just we were really exposing them. And there was just no need <laughs> to change it. What it was working brilliantly with Barkey, yeah. and he was arguably one of our best players in that first half. Maguire. I think Bar- Barkey, Fisher, and Johnson yesterday in that first half for me were were brilliant. They were probably the three best players on the pitch. And I know yeah. you're just going to say something about Maguire and probably get a bit more shit for this, but I thought he played well yesterday. Yeah, no, I thought he was lucky yesterday, Maguire. Yeah, I thought, I thought he, he worked hard. He, he held the butt. When you get into Maguire's feet as a nine, right? He, he actually looks all right. Yeah, he set the he, press not... really well as well yesterday. Yeah, I thought I thought we pressed really well as a team first half. I think, yeah. D, you know, DJ, because DJ was up with him as well. 
And then obviously Barkay's in and, and Harrop played quite high. Um, we'll come on to Josh Harrop in a bit more detail later. But, um, yeah, you know, look at how we got the penalty. You know, it's good, great interplay between Barkay, DJ and, and Fisher. And Fisher's just, you know, he's make, made that run into the box again. I mean, he fouled three yeah. times yesterday again, Fisher. But he got in some really good good areas yesterday, Darnell. Mm. Yeah, he did it. He brought you well to uh, to buy to buy that penalty. I mean, it, it was a penalty, but it's just him get. He always gets in those positions. He just breaks into the box. Jimmy's, Jim, Jimmy's in Sorry. the car, by the way. He's our first first ever in the car guest. Oh, well, not guest. I am. Then. I am legal. Pop. I am legal. But can I just put it out there? Yeah, I yeah all a, hands free. A headset. I'm on a headset. <clears throat> I'm just going to uh, Manchester to. Watch my fourth game of the weekend. So it's the dedication that we go, yeah. the, the lengths we go I, to to bring people a podcast. I don't know how I'm still married with a child, but <laughs> I somehow am. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just felt it's just there were so many needless changes yesterday. It just killed us. It just, it was just, it was a needless exercise. And whoever's advised Alex Neil to do those changes is, you know, it, it was pointless. Yeah. And it was matching up for matching <laughs> sake. And it was just silly. Why go to a diamond midfield? We've not played a diamond all season. We played it once against Barnsley, right? And yeah, it worked that night, but you were playing a lesser opposition than QPR. But yeah, it was just, it was so frustrating because there's just no need to change it. Yeah, we, it just, um, it opened. Why go 3 5 2? No, it, it just opened us up completely when, uh, when we switched to sort of the diamond in midfield. So much space um, for like the likes of Ryan Manning to run into. And he was pinned back so much in the first half. But as soon as we, um, you know, ma- tried to match them up, the amount of space it gave them on the on their left hand side, um, just ridiculous. I just yeah, I was. find it really bizarre going three five two, especially with Barkey as a left wing back. What the hell's that about? Weird. No, it didn't. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, just a frustrating day. I think yeah, that's one way of putting it. Um, yeah, so I, I mean. Our last twelve games, as you as you mentioned before, Jimmy, they've they've not really warranted much, have they? Well, we've not. The, the the thing that concerns me more than anything, lads, is that we're not getting shots on target. We're not being clinical either. So it's no wonder we're not scoring goals. Yeah, I think is uh, last last twelve games we've had two games that we've had four or more shots on target. Like you said, Jimmy, I think that that points to one thing and one thing only that. Well, maybe two things. Are we creating enough? And, and B, are we being clinical enough? Well, yeah. I just don't think we're convincing enough. I mean, this season, we, we rarely blow teams away. Like you saw with Brentford yesterday, putting five past Sheffield Wednesday. And it's just not... We, we'd never look like doing that and putting in those sort of performances. I mean, we've only won um, three games by at least a three-goal margin. And that was Barnsley home and away and Wigan at home. Yeah. Um, and then since Derby away, arguably we've not played brilliantly since Derby away, and that was after that international break. And we've only scored 19 goals in the, in 20 games since then. So we're averaging, you know, a really poor goal return. Yeah, and, less than one a game. I mean, yeah, DJ DJ's injury didn't help with that um, and the reduction in in creativity. But I guess we expected Sinclair to provide a lot um, after his signing, but. That's not happened either. So the creativity is a big problem and it relates back to what Neil said after Stoke in terms of the lack of sustainability in our performances. It's yeah. all good putting two past Stoke and being 
you know, getting a bit of fortune. Um, we didn't we didn't dominate that game, but we, you know, we scraped through. But the sustainability hasn't really been there recently. We're not. Um, I think we're not really marrying the the performances with the results. No, we're not. <clears throat> I think one of the bigger issues on that front is that we're relying on midfielders for goals because we've got no attacking threat from our forwards. Yeah. Yeah, I can't you look at You look at their goal return between... Um, I know Malt's been injured for most of the season, so you can't really class that, but you look at the goal return from Nugent, Maguire and, and Stockley, and it's absolutely minimal. Yeah, well, it, it, it states back to this point as where does, where does the blame lie for this sort of poor run of performances? And... Arguably, that's where it comes back to the owner and the fact that really we haven't replaced, um, well, we haven't really fully ever replaced Hugh Gill. Never mind. Well, obviously, Robinson, we brought in Sinclair, which is fair enough, but the striker problem's been there for so long now. Two, and two, two, two plus years now. Yeah, so it's never been resolved. So, the, you know, and in that sense, um, it's been a, a failure in ownership in, in the sense that we've not, we've not replaced Hugh Gill. But yeah, I mean, Maguire, he has been, he was desperately unlucky again yesterday up front with obviously hitting the post um, in the first half. And I thought, yeah, that, that was, it, was, it was a good shot. It was a tight angle, but uh, unlucky there. And then obviously in the second half with uh, the header, which yeah. hits the bar and then it just hits him. And I don't know, <clears throat> so unlucky. It just sums Maguire up that chance in the second half. And um, it's just not, it's not, it's not dropping for him at the minute. No, I think that's now 16 games without a goal. So, just goes to show. I mean, looks not on his side, but also I think it's just confidence. Yeah. Um, he's playing. Neil's persisting with Maguire uh, when perhaps he should. I mean, arguably he hasn't got any other options. But I think Maguire. He just looks like he needs a rest to me. I mean, he played a lot better yesterday. But I mean, uh, in the games prior to that, he's he's often looked just. It's just the confidence. But he was much better yesterday. To be fair. I feel sorry for him because he does need a rest. Can't, he, he play, he's playing in an intense position and he's clearly off form. Yeah. Clearly yeah. off form. Like, so like you said, though, Bob, I think, I think there's there's an element of that the manager's not really got any other choice. No. no. Who else would he play? I mean, there's Nugent who hasn't got the legs anymore to, to play 90 minutes. I've heard, he, I know he must train really well, but He's just not. He's not. He's not. He barely gets through sixty minutes on a good day. Yeah, he's just not got the legs. Um, and then obviously Stockley isn't his favoured option um, because he doesn't have the attributes Neil wants to do the pressing game and to run the mm. channels. So Maguire really, obviously Malt's out injured, which is a re- which has been really unfortunate that he's been out for so long. But Maguire is the only. Um, you know, the only real option unless we play Barky uh, up there or. Um, which is effective, but then we don't have Bowden for cover on the wing. And then, yeah. obviously, there's an argument that maybe Sinclair could get a game up front, but he's... I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, with, with Sinclair, when we signed him and I'd spoken to some Celtic fans, I did a piece for the website, and um, they they did say, like, you know, he, he has played there for us. He can do a job there, but I think that was the key word. It's, it's doing a job. Yeah. It's not his obviously favoured position. Yeah, and yeah. Again, yesterday, only five touches for Sinclair. And it relates back to what Jimmy said last week. We just simply don't get him in the game enough when he's on the pitch. Mm. He's the sort of player we need to be trying to find more. But 
Um, he's just not been on the ball enough to to make a difference. Um, so with Sinclair, I don't know. I would have liked him to have started yesterday because, um, as we were saying last week, I think uh, in order for Sinclair to pick up any kind of form, he just needs to be starting games uh, yeah. and given a, a prolonged run in the team. But um, obviously, it's just not quite clicked for him since since signing in January. Well, Hammond didn't do anything yesterday, let's be honest. His work rate was terrible. He yeah. just didn't look interested. So, too, know, too many I, times for me this season, and we'll, we'll come on to him in more detail in the second half, but there's too many times this season where he's gone off and I've, I've forgotten he was on the pitch for large chunks of the game, you know, 10, 15 minutes, where you're like, oh, shit, yeah, he, he was on the pitch. Like, what, what's he contributed? He's a massive luxury. He's just not... Uh, I, he just doesn't fit our style of play, I don't think. He's just... He's, he's a third choice number 10. Yeah. Because well, he's well, not going to have a DJ or Brown as a number 10 here. So, uh, I'm I'm pretty he, miffed off with him about yesterday. He, he had a bit of a tough time against Rangel, who's obviously a very experienced defender. But even still, it's just... I don't even remember... In, especially in the first half, I don't remember seeing him touch the ball that often, to be honest. It was a really poor game. And then, on I think it was about 10 minutes to go, he wasted a really good opportunity inside the box with one of his only shots of the game. And he just put it straight into the keeper's gloves. And I don't know, he just, it, yeah, I mean, the work rate's just not there. And that's the basis for yeah. an Alex Neal player. For an Alex Neal player, you need to have the work rate. And with Harrod, it just seems that he can do the, um, you know, he, he scored a couple of special goals, granted. And he's got, you know, the flicks and tricks. But he's just not, I don't, he doesn't offer enough. Um, the you know, off, and especially when we've not got the ball, um, I just don't think he's uh, he is a luxury player. Completely I think the issue agree. is though, Harrop had one of only two shots we had on target yesterday. The penalty and then that that p roller back to the keeper in the second half. So one of my biggest concerns, and I, I know I probably missed a little bit before and I went through a bad patch on the signal, but we're not getting shots on target. It's so frustrating. We've had. Two games in the last 12 when we've had more than four shots on target, four or more. So yeah. we're not actually testing keepers. How, how the hell are we meant to score goals and, you know, actually you know, score more than one a game? But when we're conceding as well, because so if you think about how many we're conceding, we're going to have to score two, two in a game to win a game anyway. Yeah. Because we've not kept a clean sheet in, what, 16 games? Um, I think it was, was it Leeds away, our last clean sheet? No, Cardiff away. Cardiff away. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the week before. So... <laughs> It, that's frightening. That's December. We've gone. We've gone nearly three months without a clean sheet. So we're, we're oh, always no, going to score. Um, Stoke City. Yes. Oh, sorry, Stoke away. But and then Barnsley. That's the only one. And that was when was Barnsley? January. Twenty first of Jan. So they're both away games as well. So at home, when the hell was our last clean sheet? Beat, beat Brentford two 0 at home, didn't we? Yeah. Fourteenth yeah. September. September. Yeah. Jesus. So it's based, that's basically a whole season of home games that we've gone without keeping a clean sheet. So you've got to score two goals in a game to win a game at home at the minute because we're not keeping clean sheets. So my issue is we're not getting shots on target. We're not testing keepers. So how are we going to win a football game? Yeah. And that's not yeah. me being pessimistic. That's just me being, a, a really, that's just me being realistic. You're not going to win a football game unless you're actually going to get shots on target and and actually start testing keepers because it's just beginning to get a little bit silly because we're toothless. It's like four four out of the last five games we've we've lost and we've not scored in three of them. 
And even then, only one of the goals has come from open play in five games. I mean, that can't continue. We're going to end up we're going to end up in the same position we were in last season if this carries on because our form is absolutely shit at the minute. And it's it's hard to see us. I mean, we've got we've got a decent run of games uh, now with Luton. It is a brilliant opportunity to pick it back up. But even Luton now uh, defensively have improved a lot in recent weeks. So that's going to be another difficult game. It's not granted that we score in that game. So again, it's just. It is a concern, um, and obviously now we're coming into the final nine games, so you know there's a lot up to stake. And um, is is the pressure going to be too much? Um, I think the I, thing I, is with Luton, though, they're in a dogfight. You know, yeah. they're 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 battling at the minute. I mean, you know, last five games they're what eleventh in the form table. They've got eight points. They're not that they've only conceded five goals in five games. Granted, they've scored five. I mean, our last five games we've got three points, scores three, conceded nine, and it's like, and, they, and, even, and even then the three points we got were against Hollywood, at the bottom of the form table. So, yeah, um, um, yeah I'm just a little concerned about that. But I think it all comes back down to Alex Neil, and I think you can, bigger picture wise, you can probably say it comes back down to the owner as well for not backing his man in the summer. You know, mm. we needed a striker in the summer, we didn't get one. We needed a striker in January, we didn't get one. I mean, you look at John Hugo yesterday. He absolutely, you know, led that line so well. Yeah, he's not going to goal or anything, but he's given Ben Davis an absolute torrid time all game. Yeah. I thought personally Ben Davis had a decent game yesterday. I thought Ben put up with him really well, but he knew he'd been in a game for 90 minutes. I think just, just he, on Ben Davis, though, recently, I think he's been blowing really hot or really cold. Yeah. You could say that, you could say that, about, you could say that about Hughes and you could say that about Bauer as well. I yeah. Think, I think Bauer, I think it's hard to say really because the form of the entire team's not been great on the whole. I think you've probably got two or three players who can probably say are coming out with games with a lot of credit. Um, you know, Darnell's in decent form for me, but on the left side, Hughes isn't. So mm-hmm. it's like you, you've got to strike a balance because I've seen a lot on Twitter over the past sort of 24 hours about you know, we need to be putting Rafferty back in. I'm like, mm, well, it's getting to the point where that actually might have to happen. Well, yeah, if Hughes doesn't pick up form again, I mean, he won a few headers yesterday, did win a few of his aerial duels, but he, he he just doesn't look. He looks off the boil, and as well for their goal for Grant uh, for for their goal for the equaliser, um, the way obviously he just was rock, completely wrong footed. I understand he was on the wrong side of the box for for his natural position, but he just he could have done better, I thought, for that for that goal. And then I think uh, it's weak. It's weak, personally. Yeah, he, he just yeah he should have done better, and that it was our own that we we were the makers of our own downfall. Yeah, we were. Uh, just before we go, go to a break. Uh, if we have have a bit of a discussion about the chief maker of our own downfall in Alex Neil. Oh, the, the Tinker Man. The Tinker Man. Jesus, what a what a <laughs> shit show that was by him yesterday. Well, over this season, and I think maybe toward the end of last season, there's been things levelled at him that he's not quick enough to change a game. Um, he doesn't know his best eleven, or he's got his favourites and he sticks with them and doesn't change. And I think the last few weeks, I think he'd struggled to make an argument against that. Yeah, he's. Um, I think with the problem is that he's 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 had a couple of good like recently against Hull and Stoke. To be fair to him his changes actually worked really well. And I thought he made them at the right time and he, he changed the game completely. But then it's just a lack of consistency in decision-making. And I think yeah. for me, the problem is a tendency to over, overthink. And, you know, 
overstudy the opposition and what they're doing in the middle of a game. Yeah. So rather than th- yeah, focusing on our strengths, focusing on the formation QPR are playing, the changes they're making and trying to match them. Whereas if we just carried on playing to our strengths rather than um, trying to match them up, it would have been, we'd have won that game. Um, so I think it's a tendency to overthink on Neil's behalf. You've got to focus on your own team and your own performance. He's, he's, Looking too much into what they did yesterday. I was going to say, real life football is not a simulation. You know, yeah. it's like you've got to realise these have got these, these the lads, the eleven that are playing have got personalities, they've got thoughts, they've got you know they've got that individuality about them because they're human and there's a human error attached to them. But if you're putting so much on them in terms of changing shape four times and a half, they mm. don't know whether they were coming or going yesterday. They hadn't a clue what was going on. Yeah. And that's why we conceded the goals because we've just we, they, they didn't have a clue. We've not played three five two all bloody season. And he, I was like, why has he got why has he got Barkay's in at left wing back when he's absolutely tore the left back one in the first half? And lo and behold, the left back scores the goal to to put them in the lead. We they don't we don't concede that goal at four two three one because Barkey won't let him get forward. Yeah, yeah, I felt sorry for Barkey. He's just being put everywhere. So frustrating. It's just like. If it started on the right wing, he then went up front and went into a diamond. It's a left wing back and then gets dragged off. I'm like, yeah. the poor lad, his head must be frazzled. Because it's like, he doesn't know whether he's coming or going. Three positions and a half. Is he, t- is he taking the piss? Yeah, no. Just just on though, on yesterday's game, I think just one point we haven't brought up yet was that, you know, missing Pearson's control of a game and the way he makes us tick. I just think that's it's important to bring that up because I thought, although Brown did a good job at times in that sort of holding role, I just think that Pearson, it just shows how, how much of a different class he is and what he brings to this team. Yeah, the, the he's a level he, above, isn't he? Really, is the way he can control a game and make us tick. And we really missed that at times yesterday. Just that player who can calm us down and stop us from rushing. And, um, you know, we, we were rushing far too much, especially in the second half and looking too hesitant. Um, we just needed someone who could put the foot on the ball and just calm us down but it, we just it, we just lost our rhythm um, and I think that's that's uh, Pearson when he's not there he he brings the rhythm to our team and I think again I think we really missed him yesterday see I thought that would have been Gally's job yesterday but Gally just he, he keeps trying to hit these Hollywood balls that, that just people aren't on the same wavelength on him, on him for and I just find it really odd that he keeps persisting with these balls Gally's so much better when he keeps it simple yeah. So much better. But it's just, it's frustrating because they were there for the taking yesterday and we've made a right pig's ear of it. Mm. What, do you, what do you make of the manager's comments afterwards? And I read them and I thought, you, didn't, you, you don't understand the bigger issue. And then his last comment when he said, I'll look at myself more than anybody. And I thought, well, that's all you needed to say, really, because it's, yeah. you've made a pig, it's you, you've fucked it up. It's not yeah. not the players. I mean, you can play, you can say Hughes has had a poor game yesterday and it's his fault for the first goal, but we don't concede the other two goals if we keep our natural shape. Yeah, I it's think as simple as that. It's. By the way, just just on that second goal, as as bad as we were defending it, what a finish! Oh yeah, but but the, the, it's a great finish. But if we're in our natural shape, Barkays is ahead of him. But the reason mm. he's got so much time and space is because we've been pulled out of our natural position. And the players don't know who to mark. Like, well, watch it back. You watch DJ, yeah. Harib and Brown, and they're all over the place. They don't know where, who to mark. They don't know which player to mark or who to go out to. And that's why he's got so much space, because 
The lads aren't, it's not their natural shape at all. Mm. Well, just on that, Jimmy, because if you look at that second goal, three players were all on, say, Samuel for that second goal, three of them on him, and no one was on Manning. And we were so slow to get out to Manning when the ball was played out to him. It's a really clever pass, don't get me wrong, but we were just, we were all, you know, no one knew who they, who's, they were meant to be marking. And three he, he had enough time. He received the ball on his right foot. He had enough time to switch it to his left and find a finish. Yeah, it was a, it was a good finish, don't get me wrong, but he should never have had that space on the edge of the box to, to pick that out. Purely, purely, the, the, purely at the manager's door for yesterday. Yeah. And you can point a finger at how poor Hughes and Havoc might have been and Galley to an extent, but only one man to blame. And mm. I, I like Alex Neal, but tactically, he, he got completely found out yesterday and he made changes for changes' sake. And you don't need to do that. Just stick to what we're good at. I yeah. said this last week on the pod. I said, why, why are we even fussed about everyone else? Just concentrate on us, concentrate on ourselves and sod everyone else. Let us play our football. Let's be a yeah. attacking team because we won the up. You know, we won the up. We don't need to go matching them up. Just find it bizarre. Well, QPR for me were there for the taking. Three shots on target, three goals in an XG of 0.89. So hmm. if you look at that, they they've hardly they've not caused us that many problems in the grand scheme of the of the 90 minutes. And they were really they were they were there for the taking and. That's the thing, just stay in the shape that was working so well in the first half. And the, the game's are, it's ours to, to win then. We only needed one more goal and it put it out of sight because I think as the uh, as they're not the top 20 boys, I know we shout them out quite a bit, but as they said, they put um, QPR in the like the, that sort of just have a laugh category, um, which essentially yeah. it's almost like they've not got, I mean, arguably, they're only six points behind us now. So, um, you know, they've still got a sniff. But I, I think it's too much of a stretch for them now but they are in that category of um, not having a, a lot to play for so I guess that's why even when they went down to 10 men they could they didn't have to adopt a policy of containment and they didn't have to just uh, try and defend they knew that uh, the pressure was on us then with uh, with them down to 10 men we had to carve them open which meant that you know they could they struck two more times and um just carved us open like with Swiss cheese was that about you know that, that makes sense. <laughs> Swiss <laughs> cheese. Yeah. I think that's the best way of summing that second half up, really. Um, Lots yeah. of shambles is the way I, I describe that second half. Never mind Swiss cheese. <laughs> perhaps I'm being too kind. Yeah, Swiss cheese, Swiss cheese is nice, mate. That well, second yeah. half, everything but nice. It was, right. um, yeah, yeah, it was one of them. I, I just feel. You know, a little bit of a shout out for Darnell yesterday. I thought he played well despite obviously the circumstances. Alan Brown did all right for me. Thought he was energetic. Thought he had something about him yesterday. Yeah. I think he's been playing all right in the past couple of games to, to give Alan Brown a little bit of credit. Yeah, Brown's been good. Um, he, he he did we, well. We yesterday. said it. We said earlier on in the season on the pod though. You know, give someone like Alan Brown a run of games in in a settled position, and and you know what he can do for you. He, oh, DJ did all right for the majority. It's just when he gets pulled out of position, and like that's that's the whole. If you look at the first 45, 50 minutes yesterday, we were sound. Yeah. And then the last forty minutes is an absolute travesty. Yeah. And it's all come from the tin command. Just it, Alex, my, my, if Alex Neil listens to this podcast, my only message to you is stick to what you know, and don't fuck about with the team because you know what to do. You've got us into this place in the league by playing simple football in a, in a simple shape 
and being effective, right? There's no need to keep tinkering. Fuck everyone else. Let's just stick to what we know. Yeah. Sorry for not being child-friendly today on the podcast, but I'm still raging about yesterday. I don't think we are ever that child-friendly, in fairness. <laughs> uh, I'm just... I'm just my, um, my expletives have gone up a level because I'm just... I'm raging about yesterday. I'm absolutely apoplectic. It's bloody annoying. Because they yeah. were there for the taking. Yeah, I said to Ollie yesterday before the game that I think the, yesterday was as close to a must-win game as we've had this season, and it was just royally fucked up in the second half. It was yeah. it all set up so perfectly for us. Just look, at, even looking at like the the history behind the yeah, game. Yeah, everything. The fact, that, the fact that they hadn't won away since the 11th of December, and even had a bloody flag advertising that fact. It, it, you know, it was all it was just set up. The platform was perfect for us just to, to get back into our stride and to really start cementing our place. But now, look at the amount of teams we've just invited into this playoff race. I mean, you can look down as far as QPR. You know, all the teams um, from like the, the next six below us, obviously Blackburn are yet to play, but they all picked up points, which is the worrying thing. And yeah. this is what happens. We've we sort of have got away with it a little bit. I mean, um, we've still got a few decent results, but it's just the case of... Um, it, it's been there for the taking, and it's, it's just worrying me a little bit now. With when you look at the likes of Cardiff and Blackburn, other, other teams seem to be finding form at the right time, whereas we just look like yeah. we're going completely off the boil. Well, this is yeah. the. Myth. I just hope it. I just hope it doesn't come as, become a season of what could have been. Yeah. That's yeah. my. That's my worry now. I'm just like you know, do, we don't really have a 36 game season and then capitulate for the last 10 games. That'd be so frustrating. Mm. Yeah, no, it really would. It'd just be, oh, it'd just be so typical. But I mean, I mean, I was saying to you, Jake at Stoke. Um, I mean, I remember we were saying then, is it too soon to to get you know overexcited? I mean, you just always know with North End the the capacity for a capitulation is always there. But I mean, it, it's just been things have been playing into our hands quite nicely. So it be it would be a real shame in these last these last handful of games for us to to throw it away and to just miss out again it would be it would be really you know disheartening i mean that's the that's the worry in these these last few games if uh, if pearson when pearson's going to be back and um that because obviously we're just very very streaky um well we have been all season really um only eight draws all season so um i think that's that's the worry if we're gonna i don't i can't see us picking up momentum without pearson but I mean, we've got still got a good opportunity against Luton to do that, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I think on that, um, I'm going to go and get a brew. Yeah, yeah, so. so. Hi, this is John Parkin, and you're listening to From the Finney Podcast. of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we've got some quick-fire questions for you again, and we're going to look ahead to the looting game on Saturday and a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I think the little bit more bit will kick off with fan-player relationships, or maybe fan-club relationship is maybe a better way to put it. I, I think, for me, 
at the moment, I'd say it's an, arguably at an all-time low, um, especially on the back of yesterday's defeat. Like, yeah. Social media is just toxic. It's, it's probably... I, I was out for a meal with my mum and dad and my missus last night, and I, for the most part, stayed off Twitter and Facebook. And yeah. I, I had a really good night, considering the result. You know, I spoke to my dad about it for a little bit, and that was it. We we just do what we did what families do. And and this morning, like going on to Twitter, it was just again, it was that like dreading, yeah, dread. Like, I just had this feeling of dread, and I'm just like, for fuck's sake. Well, yeah, this is it. I mean. This is it, mate, because it's, this is what I was saying to myself before. I mean, how representative is social media of, like, the overall fan base? Because it, it really, like, if you look at Twitter, I guess, arguably, it's only, like, a small nucleus of, yeah. of certain accounts that are posting, um, you know, every every few hours about how, how bad we are. Well, uh, it's all doom and gloom. I'm sure um, we could so name I, a few between us. Yeah, I'm sure we could. I mean, I just, I, I'm like you. I tried to stay off it after the game. Yeah, uh, try not to take too much notice of it because at the end of the day, I mean, foot, I, I, you can't let football and let the results get in the way of your of your personal life and stop you enjoying no. uh, Saturday night. And obviously, it, it is going to get um, you get you know, it gets everyone down, doesn't it? When uh, yeah, I mean, it's a frustrating and, and afternoon. But for for anyone that thinks, well, I love my club and I love my football, but I, I love my club just as much as the next man you know i don't give up my sundays pretty much recording and editing a podcast to put out for nearly a thousand people a week to listen to because i don't love my club but i I try to i like to think i can see the bigger picture and a result is a result when it's done it's done you know you can't change what's happened um and and i try not to let myself get swept away with reactions on twitter or facebook or anything like that obviously i'll i'll read bits i'll maybe have a little bit of a, a tweet or a retweet and try not to massively lose my cool but i just feel like at the moment the relationship between and again like you said bob it could be the fact that maybe if you pulled everyone that's on social media you know facebook instagram yeah. uh twitter youtube maybe i don't know if you pulled yeah. that, it's probably only a portion of the total fan base. Yeah, exactly. This is so it. it's not it's not really representative. Yeah. Um, but it just feels like, you know, sometimes, on, especially on Twitter, it's like... It, it... For me, with social media, right, everyone's going to have a moan. That's that's the issue yeah, with social media. People, people are... I suppose that's that's the beauty of social media. It's also the, the danger to it because everyone's got yeah. an opinion. And people can express it in as explicit or as articulate way as they want. And some yeah. people, you know, it's like we've said on the pod before, though. People, the thing that does me, my head in personally on social media is people when they go, ah, oh, Maguire's shit, Potts is shit, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I don't actually say any justification around it. Yeah, it's they don't just try like, and back it's it up. No, it's just a statement. And it's like, well, it's just, it means nothing to mm. personally. And I think you've got to find that medium of, I suppose being able to articulate your opinion in the right way, personally around like fan engagement and stuff, the club could do more. And I think we know about the issue with the fan zone and, you know, just that, you know, you know, for example, there's not owning the club shop, you know, mm-hmm. so you can't actually push any products through there, any merchandise. You know, I don't see us 
pushing our brand if that makes sense you know yeah. and yeah we're, we're signing marketing deals and we're signing you know club partnership deals left right and center at the minute which is great to see because obviously it's an income stream but yeah what are we actually doing to engage you know average joe you know 40 year old joe who's got two kids to come up deep down on a saturday because yeah. again yesterday 11,800 home fans <laughs> we, we need more we, we need more than just that come on and that's you could probably say that's part of the fan you know the the club yeah. and customer relationship but yeah. that's not going to plan at the minute either um yeah it's there's a lot there's a lot we could do differently um yeah, it, it certainly leaves a lot to be desired especially when you look at other clubs like you i'm sure it was uh, charlton a couple of weeks ago who did tickets for a fiver and they practically sold out the valley and it's just little little initiatives like that that can get fans on at such a crucial point in the season. Yeah. And um, or even just a ticket deal for the remaining home games, like um, a, you know, a, a, I don't know, a, a fifth off the, a third off the price or something like for a, a three home games or just just anything, um, some sort of initiative to just attract like the average average fan and the the ones who haven't you know only come on for the big games maybe, which is fair enough because obviously people are financially restricted and not everyone can afford every game which is why the club need to do that a little bit more i think just to you know just to try and pull in a bit uh, get a bit of a bigger attendance well them up the road are doing something aren't they doing five games for 99 quid or yeah, something yeah. and that includes the leeds game that they're charging people 40 quid for fair play to them for doing that by the way i wish more teams <laughs> would actually take their mantle and actually you know go a bit a few pair of balls and give leeds a bit of a taste of their medicine not that we should be penalizing fans but end of the day if Leeds, let's be honest, there's nothing else for Leeds fans to do is on a Saturday and go and watch the team because, you know, it's a bit of a religion for them, fair play to them. Yeah. But yeah. We should, why, why not charge them 30, 40 quid? I know Ridsdale don't want to upset the apple cart over there, but... I mean, it's only fair. And, yeah, AK while the sun shines. Yeah, fuck them. I mean, just, just going back though, Jimmy, to the point you made before um, about criticism on social media being either like, oh, Maguire's shit, Potter's shit, whatever... No, I agree with that 100% because I think what it is, is I think people aren't measured in what they say. It's the, I mean, it's about accepting, like, fair enough, right? You could have said, oh, Potts, yeah, he showed he showed flashes of what he can do last season. He's shown that he's a good player at this level, but he's, his form's dipped. Or Maguire has shown in previous seasons that he can be a brilliant player in a top six level uh, attacking player in the championship. But his confidence is on the floor rather than just going, Maguire's shit, get him out, never start him again. And that's not doing anyone any good. That's not helping the player because then the player, there's a chance his family or he might see it himself and be like, and then his confidence is on the floor. And it's just about a level of realism and just looking at the bigger picture, looking back a couple of seasons or a few, you know, a few games and saying, look, he's a good player. He's shown he's a good player, but he's just in a bad run of form. That's all football is about form. It's not yeah. like Maguire became a bad player overnight or Potts became a bad player overnight. It's obvious that he's in a bad run of form, but fans don't seem to understand that concept. And it's all it's all one extreme to the other. It's controversy for likes more than anything. It's like, let's mm. say something controversial and let's get a load of likes behind it or a load of retweets rather than actually, you know, and it's like getting your name out there for being a bit of a dick. Like, yeah. There's no need to do it. I, I, don't, I don't know if I said it earlier on in the podcast. Or I spoke to Ollie yesterday and I think I did mention it earlier on about it feels like at the minute there'll be some people that'll be happy that we've lost because it'll 
it's something that they can use to further their agenda on social media just to try and get some likes or retweets or some interaction but i think as well like on the on the other side of the coin you got alan brown after the after the game yesterday coming out i think it was radio lance and saying like uh, this uh, don't quote me on this it's not verbatim but words to the effect of we made one sideways pass and and the 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 crowd went mad yeah. Um, you got DJ scoring, sticking his fingers in the ears again. I mean, it feels like, and I know we said it the other week. I think it's going to have to get to a point where it's it's either going to carry on going where it's going, and it's going to end in a bad way with someone saying something that they regret. Maybe a player saying something on social media. Um, yeah, but I think I think, I think someone, on that Jake. Some of the players have calmed down what they're saying on social media. You look at Barkey last season, he had a pop at a few fans, didn't he? And whether that's when he was on a night out or whatever. But, you know, he reacted to what they're saying. And I think a lot of them, they do get social media training through the PFA. Yeah. You know, and it's, you've, I know people say they've got to be thick skinned and all this stuff, but they're human. As soon yeah. as you start, you know, you look at Eric Dyer midweek, as soon as something starts targeting, you, you know, people in your family or you personally and making it about you and could look at deck the other week when obviously there's that incident at the home game. Yeah. There's got to be a line. And as fans, yeah, you're a paying customer and all that jazz, but can we just have a bit of respect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all we ask. That's it. I mean, players aren't infallible. They all have, um, you know, they're not, I think people just see it as they've got some sort of, um, cloak Status. around them which would protect yeah. them from any criticism but yeah like we saw with Dyer midweek he's a Premier League player on a hell of a lot more money than our players are on and yet obviously something's been said I think it was to his brother in the stands and he's actually gone into the stand and uh, pretty much tried to you know try to fight with the person who said it and it just goes to show that there is there is a line and people need to understand that and it's like the it just needs to be a bit more patient sometimes and it's like the whole thing, like, like you said, about the there's one sideways pass and then, well, I know obviously it's not quoted, but there's one a sideways pass and people getting on the players' backs. But, I mean, I don't know what people expect and they expect us to, um, you know, be passing forward. Like, there's nothing wrong with sideways passing and, you know, playing, playing it around the back and building uh, possession. So it's just... Yeah. You know what, I actually, I think I can remember the incident that Alan Brown might be referring to on that. It was in the second half, and I think it's gone back to Hughes, and then Hughes has gone to Davis and, and back and forth. It was about just before the third goal, and people were getting getting a tiz because we're we're trying to build build up play. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it just frustrates me. Really and it, it's, it's not done, and then, yeah, so people are getting peed off about that, but then... And they're equally not as happy. Not happy when so what the when we um, hitting those forty yard balls to Stockley, well that wasn't working either. And then yeah. causing a high turnover in uh, in possession and they're, they're breaking on us every time. Then so people aren't happy when we're playing it round at the back and holding possession, building play, and then as soon as we do start to play those progressive balls into the final third, which don't always work, it's frustration there as well. So it needs it's just a bit of realism at times is needed. Yeah. Um, but, we're all, we're all, we're all um, you know, we, we all do it at times. We all get frustrated. It's it's just natural. I mean, yeah. we've, we've been quite scathing at times in the first half of the pod. Um, but there's always justification behind what we say. And there's always reasoning behind everything, which is the, the key point to remember. It's fine to be scathing of someone or the manager of Alex Neal, but it's giving, 
you know reason to that and and i think that's what we've we've obviously we've said some things about the performance but we backed it up with either statistics or um you know opinion and that's what i think is missing a lot of the time either on social media in particular there's, there's no balance is there yeah there's never any balance and i think it shows in the fact that um i've noticed now it's only really bauer who seems to be posting on social media after games and yeah um, you can understand why they must be so just fearful of putting anything on there um they're just worrying about getting you know a, I'd go as far as to say that I think Bauer's probably the only player as well that's not getting anything from any section of the fans, really, on the whole. Yeah, he seems to be uh, the only one who's sort of not been touched by criticism. Yeah, he's, uh, not had a, he's not had a hammering off us yet either, which we'll probably get accused of uh, you know, this week. Alex Neal deserves his hammering today, unfortunately, so you can tell me I've, I've hammered Alex Neal, but... I'm sorry, but he deserves today's. Well, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we we just we draw a line under it now, and it's done, yeah, yeah. and we yeah. move on to next week. Well, I can say moving on. We'll we'll move on to the quick fire questions. Yeah. So as usual, we'll we'll do two each. Uh, you got thirty seconds to answer, and Jimmy, we'll start with you. So this one comes from Chris, who is just at PNE Chris with a K on Twitter. And he asks, what would you say is our strongest lineup and formation? You've got 30 seconds and you can go in three, two, one, go. Hi, mate. Um, so in terms of formation, um, four, two, three, one, because it's what we've played all season. Um, it's what we're good at. It's what we've known and how we've got to sixth in the league. In terms of actual personnel, um, I, I believe we've probably got eight players who are our first 11 and can be cemented in that. But the rest of it is much of a muchness. And to be honest with you, we probably are lacking that little bit of quality in terms of that, those final three positions. Cool. Cheers. In terms of the three positions I'm on about as well, it's left back, centre forward and left wing. Because the rest of the, other, the, rest of the eight pit themselves. Um, <clears> we don't <throat> have a centre forward that can impact the game. Jerry's out on Sinclair. We don't know if Harrop's up to it and Bowden's injured. And then the huge Rafferty situation continues to baffle everyone. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it yeah. is just lack of choice as well for, for Alex Neal um, in terms of the, the limitations up front, the limitations at fullback. Obviously, we didn't sign. I mean, it would have been great if we could have got low in. Um, he would have been ideal, but obviously we couldn't do that. So he's got his hands tied to a certain extent but yeah I mean, yeah at least eight pick themselves every week but yeah the attacking options are certainly interchangeable um there's no no one is uh there's no guarantees and obviously as we as we see most weeks Alex Neal makes tweaks um to that sort of attacking lineup so this question comes from someone that you may know he's usually on the pod but he's got an exam well he's got two exams on Monday so he's revising today um, if you want to follow Ollie on Twitter he's just at Gorn underscore underscore and he says Jaden Stockley won two out of eight aerial duels yesterday is he really an effective target man from deep and did bringing him on yesterday play into QPR's hands as we became stretched due to a high number of turnovers and you can go in three two one go Anfield Ollie, good to hear from you. Um, in terms of Stockley yesterday, so Grant Hall, 14 aerial battles won out of his 20 that he had yesterday. Um, or it might be, No, sorry, 18, because Stockley won two and Maguire won two, which isn't great, is it, let's be honest. I, I thought going route one towards Stockley just didn't work. Um, I don't think he impacted the game. We can only play one way towards Stockley, and I don't think it suits us. And unfortunately... 
it might work once every 10 games, but it can't be used as a consistent get out. Perfect. Yeah, I think I think just on what you've finished on there, it, it is just it's one or two games. Well, maybe not one or two, but certain games, specific games. Swallow and summer is probably the best way I can describe it. I mean, the 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 only the only um, other thing I'll say on that is some of the balls into him were poor uh, poor quality. Um, A lot of them were from quite deep. I mean, we don't we just didn't we seem to be like rushing it towards him, which is obviously the problem. Whereby we're just trying to get it to him straight away rather than getting it down the wing. I mean, that's because of the formation as well, but. There's just never, there wasn't any balls into him in sort of like the enough balls into him anyway in the six yard box. But like you say, Jimmy, the, he, the problem for me, I said it last week, I'll say it again. He goes down too easily, um, and he's he's like praying murder every time he goes down. It's like yeah. his arms are up in the air, he's, he's screaming in the ref's face, and there's no need. You're wasting time, number one, when you could be back up and playing, and it's it's just also it's going to annoy the ref. So mm. it's just unnecessary. He did it a couple of times in the box. Um, and it's just going down too soft for me, and that, that's another that's another problem I've got with him recently. He did it against Fulham. Um, he, he won a couple of his aerial duels, but and the service wasn't great at times. But he just it wasn't really an effective option to bring him on. Um, didn't work. No, no. And just on Jaden Stockley, he's our third most booked player this season. Well, yeah, that, that's just the, the petulance that he has. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. I mean, people don't really talk about it, but the, the, he's so theatrical. A bit like Garner in that sense. Garner used to be like that, very theatrical when he went down, his arms are in the air. But, I mean, for Stockley, it's, it's just unnecessary, especially when we're chasing the game and we need him to be just concentrating on actually playing football. Instead, he's trying to win soft fouls. And it just he doesn't, like, make it... He makes it too obvious anyway. Like, obviously, yeah. Fisher didn't like that. But Fisher buys them with conviction, whereas Stockley... He goes down, and there's just no. You can. It's just so obvious that what he's up to. The difference between him and Hugo yesterday was so evident with them both on the pitch. Oh yeah. So uh, different, different leagues. To be fair. Yeah, they'll remember. Yeah, go remember. Jaden Stockley. We're going from League Two, and to be fair, I've not seen anything to convince me that he's he's a Championship player still. No. Unfortunately. Even Hugo's off the ball, off the ball stuff. I mean. Yeah, he had the, I think it's the least amount of touches of any outfield player to play 90 minutes. But that's not the point because Hugo off the ball, he was coming back, he was causing problems for us. And yeah. his, his game management was just another level above, like Stockley. And it's just his, the, the trouble he, he causes our back line because he's the Bauer and Davis are always <laughs> going to be occupied by Hugo. And that gave, like, Eze and Asay Samuel the, the, you know, the, the space to get in behind and to attack our back line. So it's not just the on-the-ball stuff, but off-the-ball as well. Hugo was just causing problems with his pace. Yeah. His direct. Yeah. Um, right. Are you ready, Bob? Your question. Uh, mm-hmm. This one comes from Big E, who is at Big Smaller Ian on Twitter. Um, yeah. I've shortened his question a little bit, but you'll still get the point. But he asks... Is Paul Gallagher a spent force? He can't get around the pitch anymore. He's injury prone and he's too much of a luxury. And you can go in three, two, one, go. Now, spent force is probably a little bit harsh, but his legs, you can tell. Um, I mean, that's just because it's been a, it's obviously been a long, uh, enduring season, but you can tell his legs have gone a little bit. And it's just the, I mean, like Jimmy said earlier, pick, trying to pick out these Hollywood balls instead of playing the simple passes. And 
sometimes he does look a bit more like a luxury player, um, which is a bit frustrating. But I still think he's got a big role to play. But I wouldn't say he's a spent force yet. However, he's getting a bit um, more jaded, I'll say. Yeah, I th- yeah, I'd say that's probably a good way of summing it up, to be honest. Yeah, his 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 legs. Are, you can tell he's not obviously as sharp as he want as he was a couple of seasons ago. But I think um, still- you've got to remember as well. He's he's had a couple of like semi serious injuries this season, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. It's been a bit stop start for him, um, and he, he did contribute quite a lot at the beginning of the season to our attacking play. So. To call him a spent force is probably pushing it a little bit, but obviously, just naturally with age, um, he's not quite getting around as much as he could. Yeah. Um, I still think, even in the first half, he did pick out some decent balls into the right-hand channel. I think it was about eight, seven or eight accurate long balls. So he's still, you know, still having some success, but struggled a he's, little bit. His influence on games is waning, I think, is probably yeah. a, a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I think he is... I think he is just he's a luxury player now. He's he's not someone that we can rely on to to control or dictate a game like he has done in the past. Yeah, I mean, ideally we would, we'd have had Pearson obviously yesterday, and then um, Pearson and Brown complement each other really well because Gallagher, like I think Jimmy said it earlier in the pod, you want him to be able to dictate the game, but yeah. he's just not got that nippiness and the, like the short burst of pace like Pearson does to get away from a challenge and to play the simple ball. Um, I think now it's coming down to the stage of his career where um, he's having to pick out those long balls because yeah. simply the, the quick and the fast-paced, short, um, close quarters area of the game isn't quite as as up, up, as good as it was. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right, so last last of the quick-fire questions then. This one's back to you, Bob. This question comes from Kingy, who is just at underscore underscore Kingy on Twitter. Uh, he's on private, so you'll, you'll have to request a follow if you want to follow him. But yeah, Kingy asks, how come, having been here since summer 2017, Josh Harrop still looks and plays like an under-23s player? And you can go in three, two, one, go. I think we've covered this a little bit already, but I just don't think he's up to the the ugly side of the game and the more physical side of the game. He still he does still play like he's in he is in the under twenty threes and he is looking just like a luxury player really. He's never really convinced me. And I said this in a prediction piece with uh, you guys at the start of the, uh, before the season. I said yeah, he yeah. would let us down, like would uh, not meet expectations and. He said before the season that he'd be like the best player in the champ. He'd be one of the best in the championship. He's not met that uh, those expectations he set himself. No, he's nowhere near it. Nowhere near. Um, yeah, I'd say those those were pretty much bang on thirty. Maybe a little bit over a couple of them, but yeah, I'll Yeah, I mean um, just on Harrop though. Yeah. The issue is with Harrop though. You've got to play to his strengths, and you've got to actually. He's he's just very much a luxury player, and he, he needs to be on the ball. Like, and I think he's not. The thing is, though, he's not going to get in as a ten in our team. So where does he fit in? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be the issue. Because he doesn't actually have a position. Because he can't do this left wing job. No, he it's can't. Not no. Him. He's 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 no good. He's not a a wide player. He's not. He's always wanting to cut in. And then it's just obviously we've not. We need someone who can like Sinclair. Um, just is a more effective winger. And Harrop's not that player. Right, before we wrap it up then, we'll look ahead to Luton away on Saturday. A sold-out Luton away as well, which is pretty good going. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Fun bus Luton away. Never mind Never mind a sold-out, a fun bus. 
Big Uh-oh. dick. Are you going? I am, yeah. I think we're leaving about half seven. I don't envy you. No. <laughs> Have you been to Luton before? No. No. Ah, oh, mate, it's great. It's a great away ground. You're going through the back of a house pretty much to get into the away end. Yeah. They're, they're moving, aren't they? Uh, is it next season they're moving from Kenilworth Road somewhere else? Uh, new stadium. Are they not? Like, I thought they were just doing work to Kenilworth Road. I thought they were. I think the end game is to have a another another stadium. But I, oh, I, right. I could be right. I don't know. I, I just read something uh, a few weeks ago. I can't remember that. Christ, I could do 20 years worth of work to Kenilworth Road and it still wouldn't make it any less of a shithole. <laughs> it's a dry dive, mate. It's horrid. Well, it's, I mean, it's by no means going to be an easy game. Um, as I, th- I don't think any there's anything as, um, that you can say is an easy game in this league, to be honest. Looking at the form table over the last six, they're currently fifth. Um, they've won three, drawn two, lost one, scored six goals conceded five and over the last six we are 19th yeah well we couldn't be playing them at a worse time no. because graham jones has got them he's revamped the defense slightly and yeah. they, they they've actually they're looking a lot better sluger uh, the keeper he's in a really fine vein of form he's he was the man, well man of the match according to fotmob yesterday um so you know they're, they're actually looking uh, they're looking better in these last few games um, so, I mean, they've only had eight shots on target in the last three games, which obviously is, is pretty poor. But, I mean, we're not much better off in terms well, of shots on target. So, it's going to be one of them. They've got better they've results than the last three. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're in a dogfight, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. It's they've, only, they've, only, they've only lost one game in their last six. Yeah. Oh. Well, ten points from the last five home games. Um so averaging two points per home game in, in you know in recent form, so it is going to be a really difficult one. And with our obviously confidence, sort of, well, not quite on the floor, but obviously it's not. It's not, it's not far off, in honesty. Yeah, it's not far off. And if if um, we go, you know, if they take an early lead, um, and the fans begin to turn a little bit, you mean it's going to be a difficult one. So yeah. we we I have don't to think the fans will turn. I don't think the fans will turn. If, it, if they take an early lead, I think it's that impetus to play, try and get behind them a bit more. Obviously, if it becomes a bit of a, a horror show, then yeah, they might turn on them, especially after a few beers. But um, I think, you know, it's going to be a, a horrid game. I can see it already. I would take a point, I'll be honest with you. I know that sounds really daft against a team that's in the bottom three, but given our form, we've got to be a little bit realistic and say, look, it's going to be a horrid game to watch. It's going to be a battle and yeah. you probably need your lads on form and we're, we're just not on the form that we need to be at the minute for the top yeah, six side. far from it. Far from um, it. So I think if we can get a point and then try and win those next two home games that, before the end of the month, um, then yeah, it still becomes in our hands. But I think realistically, given how we're playing at the minute, I'd probably settle for a point. I don't wrong, if we go there and absolutely find form and you know do the basics right and the manager gets his selection formation correct then we've got every chance of winning the game it's not me waving a white flag at all it's just me saying that we've got to be realistic that we're playing another team in form it keeps happening to us this season we keep bumping into teams when they've hit a bit of form yeah playing them at the wrong time well yeah yeah so this this is where uh, it's where the league position can be a little bit deceiving um, because people all immediately immediately say it's got to be three points, which 
I mean, you'd, you'd hope we can get three points, but I don't think it's waving the white flag at all to say you settle for a point because um, it's, it's going to be hard to break them down. So I can see this being a low scoring one, like a nil-nil, one-nil, one-one sort of game. Um, yeah. And I think to take a point just to sort of stop uh, this bad run of form and just steady the ship a little bit, I don't think that would be a, a bad result by any means, especially considering, you know, that, uh, they've only conceded two goals in the last three games. They're, they're, they're quite solid, so um, it's it's going to be a difficult one. Um, yeah, it will. It absolutely will. Uh, but I agree with you, Jimmy. I would I would take a point now if, if someone offered it, yeah. considering our form and their form. And the yeah, fact that we've got uh, two home games on the back of it. I think it, it, means, it means a lot when a team is in, is in that dogfight and has got a sniff at Survivor. I still think Luton are nailed on to go down. Um, I just don't think they've got the quality there to survive. But they have still got a sniff. And if they could get three points against a really out-of-form Preston team, then, you know, it's, they, they've, got, they've still got a, a decent chance. So, I mean, that's, those are the mm. difficult games at the right at the end of the season where a team is, one team's trying to stay in the playoffs and another team is in a relegation dogfight then can produce weird results. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like Wigan going to West Brom the other week, isn't it? No one saw Wigan yeah. going to West Brom and winning. But... It's, yeah, exactly. For me, I don't think, just pick up on something you said there, I don't think there is a team that's guaranteed to go down yet. I think it's um, it's wide open, that bottom eight. You know, you look at Stoke yesterday, absolutely thumping. Yeah. Who did they, was it Hull they hammered yesterday? Yeah, Hull. Three Hull are just becoming whipping boys. Honestly, what that has gone to, that's gone really peaked on there, hasn't it? Since well, if, 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 Luton, if Luton beat us and Hull lose... Luton would be two points off Hull, and in January when Hull sold Bowen and Grisicki, I think they were like something like twelve points clear of the bottom three. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I feel a bit sorry for Grant McCann because I do rate him as a match. Oh, yeah, he's, he's been chucked under the bus big time. Uh, it's just, oh yeah, it's... but the the issue is you've not seen Marcus Madison in the last twenty four hours. Oh yeah, about the Leeds Yeah, having a bit of a thing on Twitter uh, and Instagram. Sorry. Yeah. Like, it, it's but. I, we, we've we've dodged a bullet not getting him. You know he seems a right bad apple. Yeah. He's not. He just seems like a troublemaker. So yeah. Well, I think on that note, boys, unless you've got anything else to add, we'll we'll wrap it up. Go on, Luton. Let's let's hope this time next week, mate. We're three points better off and we can uh, be positive again. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll do an ollie and I'll ask you for your predictions. Oh, someone had to. Nil nil. Nil nil. Um. 1-0 North End. 1-1. Uh, yeah, so none of us are hoping for or confident of many goals then, are we? No, Rob, I'm not saying we're going to get beat either, though. So let's look on the bright side. True, true. Right, thank you very much, chaps. No worries, yeah. mate. Jay uh, Wait. And, yeah, and you, both of you. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode 35 of the From the Finney podcast. As always, you can find us on social media and on the majority of podcast streaming platforms or just music streaming platforms we should have a sponsor from next week so keep an eye well an ear out for that and if you want to get in touch with us about anything you can dm us on twitter on or on facebook or you can email us just on from the finney at gmail.com yeah cheers boys thank you very much yeah no worries mate thanks mate